listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest has achieved many accomplishments in her young life. She just turned 18 a day before Halloween, and she's already earned a medal from Vice President Joe Biden. She's been featured for her Go Green environmental efforts in Family Circle and Parade Magazine. And, oh, yeah, she hosts a great show on our Pet Life Radio Network. Ask her, and she will tell you that pets rock. In fact, that's the name of her show, Pets Rock. I want everyone to give it up, give pause and applause to the very multi-talented Kristen Powers. Hey, welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks, Arden. I'm so glad you're here. I mean, we're talking dogs, cats, iguanas, seals, all kinds of pets and great animals and mammals on this planet are fortunate to have you in their corner. And it's also the first time, folks, in the four years I've been doing this show that I've had a host from the one of the other sister shows from Pet Life Radio on. And that's because you're awesome. Make that possum, Kristen. Thank you. All right. We're going to cover a lot today, listeners. So I want you to call your favorite pet by your side. And we're going to learn more about Kristen Powers right after we pay for this show. So everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We've got Kristen Powers in the house. She's on our show today. Yep, the same Kristen Powers who hosts our sister show, Pets Rock. That's P-E-T-Z, Rock. And she's the same Kristen Powers who's part of the family that founded PetFinder.com. 
And, yep, the same Kristen Powers who created Green Teen Clubs at Chapel Hill High School in North Carolina. There's a lot of things that she's done. I'm already exhausted just describing them. And we're just really scratching the surface of the many things she does to bring out the best in people, pets, and the planet. You know, Kristen, that's a lot of P. And your last name's Powers. There's another P. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. And you really seriously are 18. You're not like, like 49 or something just faking everybody out. No, no, that'd be a cool trick, though. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, too, you know? So, I think this month is National Senior Pet Month, correct? I think so. All right, because I do a little newsletter called Art and More Knows Pets and file this under Small World. Before I even knew I was having you on, I do this newsletter. It's an e-newsletter, and I always try to find out what are some of the cool holidays for the month. And I found out that this is actually Senior Pet Month, and it's sponsored by hmm, (laughs) PetFinder.com. There's some kind of a relationship, I guess, with you guys. So what's the pedigree here you have with uh, PetFinder? So my dad has always been an animal welfare type of guy ever since I was little. And he used to work for the Animal Rescue League of Boston. And then about a few years ago, we decided to move around a lot. So we couldn't quite work in one place. So his best friend at the time, Betsy Saul, who is one of the co-founders of PetFinder.com, told him that she had this job available for him. And it probably was... Not He was probably too experienced for it, but what the heck, we should give it to him. So he started working for Pet Finder and worked his way up the ladder. And then turns out that Betsy and my dad kind of fell in love. And this past June, they got married. So my stepmom <laughs> is the founder of PetFinder.com and my dad works for her. Oh, my gosh. That's like a doggy drama in a good way, right? Yeah, I know. And it's crazy thing is apparently when I was like an 11-year-old, I was like a matchmaker made in heaven because I predicted like three people's marriages. And although it was like not quite 10 years later, like eight years later or something, I predicted that they would get married even though they weren't even dating back then. So Really? So you got the- some power. And your last name is Powers. I mean, I oh, know. my gosh. So we know that your stepmom is Betsy. What's your dad's name? Ed. Okay, Ed Powers. We got to give a pause up to Ed, right? You know, yes, indeed. He is your daddy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is pretty wild. What do you think about this uh, small world in the pet world? I know it's crazy <laughs> thinking about how all the paths cross together. Well, I want to get a little background on you. I mean, were you like wanting to be a pet show host when you were in your diapers, or did you pet your first pet when you know when you just took your first step? What is your pet connection? Your personal pet connection? Well, I have never lived a single day of my life without a pet. From day one, I had I started off life with two dogs and two rabbits. So they um, DC and Scribbles were the rabbits, and Reeboks and Sneakers were the dogs. And Reeboks, actually, I used to refer to as my second mother because I was so close <laughs> to her. So what she, kind of I, dog was Reebok? She was a um, German Shepherd Rottweiler mix. Nice. She was the oddest looking dog ever. She had like a smooth coat on her head and then this really weird like uh, curly coarse hair on her body and she didn't have a tail because she was abused as a young pup. My dad actually when he was a law or animal law enforcement officer he Uh rescued her and my mother already had sneakers who was this she was a mixed german shepherd but we think she was mostly german shepherd my mother was like there's no way that i'm taking on another pet so my dad was like okay well i found this injured dog and she unfortunately had a rubber band her previous owner wrapped a rubber band around her tail 
And oh so God. like cut off circulation and had to get surgery. So he, he convinced her, he said that he had this huge, huge dog that he needed transportation with. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll help you. And she got in the car and he handed her this about six month old puppy and put it on her lap. And <laughs> on the way there, she was, she just fell in love. And, and then the rest was just me falling in love with this dog as well. And growing up with these four animals up until I was about nine or so. And uh, I guess that's a true case of puppy love, right? Right on the lap. Yeah. I mean, your dad, Ed, is very smart. You mentioned that Reebok sort of was like a, a furry mom for you. What do you mean by that? What, give me an example of, did she, you know, pull a lassie and pull you by the diapers to keep you from crossing the street? or what Well, we had a very interesting dynamic relationship because my dad used to call it toddleritis. She had an insatiable appetite. So my dad said that when I was a toddler, I would walk around at her height and just like be talking to like anybody or something and like throwing my cookie around in my hand and I'd put my cookie down and she would quietly sneak up behind me and take it. And (laughs) he said that in about the year that I was about two and walking around and eating my own cookies, she gained about 10 pounds. So we had the food relationship and then it was just always something where like I would be the first one awake as a little kid and I'd come down and she'd be sleeping on the couch, which she wasn't supposed to do because she shed like crazy. So like, she would pop her head up over the couch towards the stairs and like make sure it was someone she didn't like have to be scared of. <laughs> so like, yeah. she knew I wouldn't tell her to get off. So I would come up and we'd spend our Saturday mornings cuddled together watching cartoons up until I was like 11 or something. So we had very Were you watching uh, Scooby-Doo? You know, I think it was Powderpuff Girls and SpongeBob, oh. but she enjoyed all of them, it seemed like. Well, that sounds pretty cool, and I'm sure she's like, I don't know how that hair got there. It must have been Kristen's. It's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> Probably well. as much as she did. <laughs> yeah. You're now, are you a senior now at Chapel Hill? Yes, I'm a senior. Okay, are you counting the days? Somewhat. <laughs> We've okay. got first quarter down, and all the early action college stuff is done with, so most of us are just trying to get through second quarter. So where are you wanting to go to school? Well, um, I applied early action to Stanford and UNC Chapel Hill. And those are my, well, Stanford is definitely my dream school. And then I'm also applying to Duke, UVA, UT Austin, UGA, UNC (laughs) Asheville, and then Duke. E-I-E-I-O? I I mean, come on. Yeah, it's a lot of youth. (laughs) And then I'm also applying to several scholarship programs at the schools, but... Knock on wood, December 15th, I'll hear back from Stanford. And hopefully the answer is yes. <laughs> I hope so, too. You can come out to the left coast. That's where I live. I live in San Diego County. So oh. uh, all of my smart cousins are graduates of Stanford. I have a feeling uh, Stanford will be very excited if they could have you on board. Are you majoring in brain surgery and veterinary school and rock star musician? Or and then- <laughs> well, I, I used to have my athletic director from middle school say I was the only kid he wanted to perform brain surgery on him. So I might have to <laughs> just for him. But um, no, <laughs> I'm really interested in business more so like the application of business to uh social enterprises and like doing the kind of like the pet finder model or tom's shoe like one for one program where you're trying you're making a model that earns a profit business wise but is also benefiting society in general so i'm really interested in business in that aspect and then i really love design as well i can't draw but i really want to i love people who can like what they think of in terms like architecture Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've already, uh, you know, you got to hang out with Joe Biden. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, but he's probably Joe to you. Um, (laughs) Talk about this green teen club that you have at Chapel Hill, because I was looking around. I was laughing because I think 
let's see if I get the the right line because she had a great line. Let me see where my little notes are. We were green tigers without green thumbs. Explain what the heck happened and how you changed that. All right. So my freshman year, I had just come out of a, I moved to Chapel Hill a week before my eighth grade year. And it was about my sixth or seventh move. So I had seen like a lot of different schools and their systems. And I founded this middle school club just for eighth graders, just because the way the lunches worked out called Green Teen, which I then started a chapter at the local YMCA. So that, I kind of had that under my belt. But I came to Chapel Hill High School and I was super excited about joining an environmental club there. And what I found was that there were three different clubs and there was about two members per club, <laughs> which was really frustrating. And our school is the oldest school in the district. So it's about, I think it's about 65 years old now. So it's super inefficient and has a lot of ways to go. So I kind of being very bold and brash as a freshman and not knowing the ways of Chapel Hill High School, just kind of decided I was going to merge all the clubs together because they weren't very efficient. And like I said, only two members per club. Mm -hmm. So I um, got with my biology teacher and we created the Green Tiger campaign and successfully convinced the other members from the other clubs to join our club. And that January, January 2009, we had our first project, which was to revamp this old abandoned lot with like two old decaying greenhouses on it into a garden to grow organic vegetables. That first year was quite interesting because there was five of us. We had never really gardened before. I mean, I used to garden like with my dad and we'd grow tomatoes, but nothing on this scale. So we had this very unsuccessful season where it was high, high learning curve to try to grow these vegetables. And the, um, Wait a minute, let's back up a little bit. When you were getting the ground ready, did you yes. find like um, the Hope Diamond or <laughs> retro can of uh, Diet Coke? Or did you find anything amazing that you were like, how the heck did this land here in this empty lot? No, most of it was like crawling through a jungle because the weeds okay. were so high. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was like that dense and tall grass in there. Like literally nobody had touched it. It was like this strange wasteland in the middle of our school and <laughs> we had to try to attempt to tackle that which like I said was quite <laughs> an interesting experience. You kind of like the modern day Tom Sawyer getting people to paint fences. I mean how did you convince the others that you're going to go to like shoulder high weeds? We don't know what's underneath there. We don't even know how the soil is but we're going to be the green tigers. Go tigers. How did you convince <laughs> you know being a freshman how did you convince because there's a lot of people that are listening here and I'm talking teenagers to people that are seniors and your can-do attitude we could all benefit by some of the things that that you've learned so how did you convince these people and how do you just do things like you do because of my network at my middle school that I created, I had a few friends who were interested. And then I also came across this amazing guy named Daniel Waldorf, who we're like best friends now. But I remember the first day he walked in with his friend and said, how can I help? Like he, like Chapel Hill just has this amazing concentration of extremely motivated students. And while most of them weren't quite motivated to his extent, we did get some of the more motivated ones. And the idea of starting this project was really intriguing to other people. We also had an advisor who was extremely popular in the school. He was like, such a great guy, and people just wanted to like find an excuse to hang out with him. So spending like Saturday mornings gardening was like a lot of fun. I mean, we kind of tied people or attracted people in by like, playing music. We made pancakes on Saturday mornings. It was very chill, like three hours on a Saturday. And we just got lucky and got some really motivated people. And we even got an English teacher 
the second season, we got this English teacher who just completely helped us revamp this entire garden to make it what it is today, which is this really thriving space that's now an, even an outdoor classroom where tons and tons of students, about 300 now, have come in in some extent to work or to visit or to learn from this garden. Wow, congratulations. And how, how big of a plot is this? I mean, give us a dimension to kind of understand and what are some of the things that you've grown there? Yeah, it's probably, I have never actually like definitely measured it. I think I had a few garden managers who did it's somewhere, it's not very wide. It's probably about like, oh, let's see, like 20 feet across, I think, last time, and maybe 50 feet long. It's very narrow. And then again, there are these two huge greenhouses within that. So we probably have about 15 by 50 space for growing, or that doesn't make sense mathematically, but it's a small <laughs> space. It's about half the size of a tennis court, a little bit. There bigger. you go. I can yeah. see that. Okay. Yeah, because we're right next to the tennis courts, so I should know that. So, so you're not growing uh, tennis balls, are you? you know? We're not, although we do find that is one thing we unbury every once in a while is we somehow find tennis balls popping up from our garden. Since we generally, after our first season, learned that you can't grow summer crops very well in a school setting, we decided to just do fall and spring seasons. And therefore, we grow a lot of leafy greens like bok choy, kale, mustard greens, we do some potatoes, onions, herbs every once in a while. We did have success with cherry tomatoes, which were really good. And then we experimented with peanuts, and we have a lot of lettuce generally. That's a popular thing that we grow. And even sometimes we usually get a good crop of snap peas, but it's pretty much leafy greens and some of those hardier vegetables that we end up growing. That's not bad. And so you're a teenager who actually eats your vegetables? Yeah, I'm actually a vegetarian. So <laughs> oh, okay, good, good. So, yeah, it's important for me to eat my vegetables. <laughs> bok choy is on top of your list or what? Mm, bok choy is pretty good. I like the Swiss chard as well. Oh, do you ever make pie out of Swiss chard? I have not made pie out of Swiss okay. chard yet. All right. My dad made us do that out of that and rhubarb once. So, Ooh, I, I love rhubarb. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, so my dad taught us how to make pie out of Swiss chard and rhubarb. Obviously, two separate pies. But yeah. uh, he was always trying to be creative, and I think that's great. Where do you think you get your energy from? I mean, you must get up in the morning and hit the ground going. I mean, most teenagers are liking wanting to sleep in till noon. More things than most teenagers do, you've done already by noon, right? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is my personality. Um, I just remember growing up and, like, quizzing my dad about everything. Like, why does it have to be this way? Or, like, why do people do this way? Wouldn't it make sense to do it another way? And, like, just, like, I, from a very young age, I was always questioning what was going on. And I think in terms of, like, my interest with the environment, it really started off with the fact that I was around animals, like, 24-7. And so I kind of, like, I fell in love with animals, which led to me, like, really loving and specifically endangered species. Like, the gray wolf, third grade, was by far my favorite animal. Mm -hmm. And, like, things just began to, like, slowly, like, click into place, like, kind of like a snowball, like, effect, like, just building and building where I learned that, like, most of my endangered species were endangered because of, like, habitat loss, which was being exacerbated by climate change, which then I was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I have to do something because otherwise, I'll, like, my favorite animals are going to disappear. So I kind of took on <laughs> an idealist, like, probably nine-year-old when I started, I, like, decided that I was going to take on the biggest, most comprehensive <laughs> issue of them all, which is climate change. <laughs> 
Not bad. You sure you're not a distant relative of Al Gore? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be cool if I were. I haven't met him yet, and I'd like to. <laughs> well, I think he'd be lucky to meet you. Now, folks, we're talking to Kristen Powers. She has the show on our sister network of Pet Life Radio. It's called Pets Rock. She is doing a lot of great things for pets and the planet. And we're going to talk to her a little bit more about uh, going to someplace on uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I think there's a famous house that is there right after we take this commercial break. So everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, all you crazy listeners. This is Rochelle Lefebvre from the Twilight franchise. You're listening to the amazing, unstoppable Kristen Powers on Behave with Arden Moore on PetLifeRadio.com. Her show is called Behave, but I don't always think you should. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am just in amazement of our guest today, Kristen Powers. I want you guys to write that name down, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-P-O-W-E-R-S because she is a mover, a shaker, a doer, and she doesn't just talk the talk. You do it, man. You just get things done. I think if we could clone you or we could sprinkle some of your can-do attitude on this planet, I think it would be a pretty good place to live. What do you think? I think so, too. And thank you for emphasizing that E. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's spelled important. wrong so many times. All right. Well, my name's Arden. How many Ardens do you know? Really? Seriously. In my family, we have Deb, Kevin, Karen, Bob, Bill. <laughs> Arden. I mean, like, please. I couldn't even find a little Stingray bicycle uh, license plate as a kid. I took <laughs> the word Martin and I just kind of marred it over and changed it with a magic marker to Arden. Oh. So, I don't know. Kristen, though, I think you had a better shot at getting things like that, right? Yeah, it was, it was a hit or miss, though. For some reason, IN was more popular on those, like, name tag pen sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you get your name? Do you know? I know that my name was a toss-up between, like, the baby book choices of Kristen, Kirsten, and Ashley. <laughs> so I ended up getting Kristen and Ashley. And my brother and I always joke, my name, like, the genealogy of it and the definition is, like, Christ-bearer. And he, uh-huh. my brother's name is Nathaniel, and his means little gift from heaven. So he always reminds me that he gets the better name because he's a gift from heaven. I think you both did all right, really, seriously. <laughs> Thanks. Well, at least you weren't Edwina or, you know, something like that. Apologies to anybody named Edwina out there. Sorry. But Uh at least you have a cool name and and you got a very strong last name. Oh, yeah. I love my last name. Yeah, I do, too. Like my last name's Moore. You know, I I dodged the bullet a couple times that I'm a runaway bride a couple times. And I always thought when I was really little, I remember sitting on my swing set saying, if I ever get married, I'm not changing my last name. I'm sorry. They're just going to have to handle that. It's going to be Moore from now on. 
Yeah. So power is nice, nice. The only conditions I would alter my last name is if my friends are on the search for this person. If there's a guy out there with the last name Super or Austin. (laughs) Okay. Well, hopefully he's also good super to the planet and super to pets and super to people. So Necessary as well. Yeah, that sounds good too. How did our executive producer, Mark Winter, land you as a radio show host? I am so glad you're hosting Pets Rock. You know, Pet Life Radio reaches people of all ages all over the planet. I've got some people tuning in on my show from Singapore. So, I mean, when he called you, how'd you guys hook up for this? Well, before my now stepmom and dad got married, I was very, very close to Betsy from probably about fourth grade. And in sixth grade, she gave me an assignment to be the teen blogger on Pet Finder because I'd expressed mm-hmm. some interest in blogging. So I was doing some blogs, and one day I got a comment from Mark that was like, Hey, <laughs> you check out like Pet Life Radio and see if you're interested in doing a show. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was sixth grade, it may have been later, but I definitely was like, Uh, yes, I'll do this. <laughs> and then, then like the first interview I had was from uh, the guy from Everybody Hates Chris, and I was like, All right, I'm in. This is cool. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I heard part of your show on that. And we're speaking about Tyler James Williams. What'd you think? I mean, I love how you kind of gave him a little ding, ding, ding. You made sure he had to like pets to be on your show. That was awesome. You were not intimidated by a Hollywood star. So it sounds like when I've listened to some of your shows, you and I both have had Rachel Lefebvre on from Twilight and with the Best Friends Animal Society. I'm a longtime journalist. I work for daily newspapers and all that. You just bring people at ease and you're not intimidated. And I think that's really critical, don't you, when you're being a host of a radio show? Definitely. So how did you prepare for uh, Tyler James Williams? So like the time I was asked, around the time I was asked to be a host, I was like, I've always been a super, super shy kid. And around then I was finally getting over my fear of talking to people on the phone, which is kind of critical for this job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so I kind of was on a confidence bender from being able to talk to people on the phone, but I also like had to do, I did like ridiculous amounts of research because I wanted to like make sure to cover all like the bases. And I um, even like just looked up like his, some of his shows so I would know like what he looked like, <laughs> like right. talking and stuff. And then I wrote down all of my questions on a Google Doc beforehand and had them all laid out. And I had a, like 20 questions, but he was very talkative and we didn't even get through all of them. But I made sure to add some quirky, weird ones because that reflects my personality. So I had like, if you could spend a day with like any exotic animal and like have a conversation with him, what would it be? And I believe he said monkeys. He said yeah. he really wanted to like talk to monkeys. Well, when you had uh, Rachel Lefebvre on, I love how you gave this comment. You told her that she's doing a world of good for animals, but then you said you're going to give a warm, wet nose welcome. Awesome. Because <laughs> since she's doing the whole Puppies Aren't Products campaign, that was very well pot- spot on. Give you a big pause up for that one there, Kristen. Well, thank you. What would you think of her? Isn't she awesome? Yeah, that was definitely like... That was a very interesting one because I got a call from her agent, which was like insane. I was like, I'm talking to a Hollywood agent. This is so weird. And she was like, I was probably 16 at the time. And she's like, okay, have you read the Twilight books? And I was like, um... No, <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, uh-oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And she's like, oh, good, because we were afraid you were going to be like a like rabid Twilight fan and not be able to concentrate on anything else. So I was like, oh, okay, no, I can talk about other things for sure. So um, I ended up having a very good, easy conversation with her because 
they were like, she's oblivious about Twilight. And so right. I just kind of worked off my lack of knowledge by adding in, focusing more on her work with animals than anything else. Well, I don't know if you find this true, but sometimes we've both had celebrities on our shows. I think they just really sometimes want to talk about things that are really close to their heart. And we're talking about, you know, helping pets or helping animals on the planet. And because whether you're a dog or a cat or a seal, they don't really care if you've got an Oscar or an Emmy, you know. So I think the true things I like finding out, like you're doing, is when they're actually talking about things that are away from the celebrity spotlight, you know. Yeah. And speaking of that, there's one I really digged your latest episode. There is an amazing dog, Max A. Pooch, the recycled dog. But obviously, you know, even though dogs I consider to be multilinguist because they have to understand dog and people. And sometimes they have to understand Spanish and English and all that. But you put on his sidekick, Keith. Tell us a little bit about your latest episode with the Max A. Pooch, because that seems like it's hitting a home run for you with both pets and saving the planet. Right. Yeah. Well, the background of that story is I told Mark that I really wanted Ed Begley Jr. on my show or Bill Nye, the Ooh. science guy. Yeah, I, go for it. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, they're like the eco guys. And I was like really infatuated with their show that they had on uh, Planet Green at the time. So we couldn't quite get them on the show. But Mark was like, oh, I'll look out for some eco-friendly initiatives with pets. And Max A. Pooch was pretty much the perfect match in that he is a recycled dog in the sense that he was going to get thrown away or euthanized by the situation he was in and Keith rescued him and discovered that he had this intelligence that was out of this world and he trained him to go around parks and actually retrieve recyclables and the two of them are kind of this double species duo that uh, just goes around raising awareness about the importance of recycling by actually doing it and showing off their skills and bringing the attention to not only the importance of recycling but the importance of adoptions and responsible pet ownership. Well, I think you did a great job, and I'm going to try to train Chipper, Cleo, Murphy, and Ziki. That's my furry fab four to kind of help me with some of the recycling. Awesome. Um, Chipper's got, she's pretty good. I mean, she's got the dew claws working for her. She's a golden retriever husky and 60 pounds and very agile with her paws. Maybe I can help her pick up some of uh, the plastic bottles. And, yeah. Uh, my cats can scoot around the newspaper, right? You know, paper wads. That could be recycled. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, like- I'm going to do a shout out right now. All right. Science guy, Bill Nye. I know you're listening. And so you too, Ed Begley. I mean, you guys are probably doing it in some place. It's really saving electricity and all that. But you got to get on the show for Kristen Powers. She is your next generation, and she's the one you got to pass the gauntlet on to. So, you know, move over, science guy and Ed Begley. I think we've got the the up-and-coming and you, Kristen Powers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know that's really going to make a difference. You never know. You put it out in the universe, it could, right? I know. I've learned that many times. You might as well just put it out there. You never know what will happen. So you meet the vice president. Uh, right. Tell us a little bit about that. And by the way, folks, she was on the uh, All-American Parade team uh, last year for her work in the environment. And uh, you just got in the uh, Parade magazine and also Family Circle. But all right, you're at the White House. You know, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Tell us a little behind the scenes about that. Well, 
So my group, I won the second place for the environmental category in this, like you said, the parade All-American High School Service Team, which is similar to their, what they do for their athletics nationwide. This time it was people doing, or teens specifically, high school students doing great service opportunities. So um, I was selected for the garden, and that morning there was 15 of us, and we had this huge, ridiculous like award ceremony with the um, Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, and the CEO of Parade, and all I like was seeing next to a u.s gold medal olympian which was like insane so like we were all like blown away by these people and we were like people were like coming up to us and like tell us who you are like we want to know what you do and we're like whoa whoa like you're the you're the olympian we want to hear like what you do so that was like crazy enough so we were all kind of like blown away and then we like take this tour bus around dc around halfway the day and they're like all right let's go to the white house so (laughs) we get to the white house and the vice president joe biden had another engagement prior to ours so we ended up like chilling in the um, Eisenhower building, just like waiting around. And then we um, did a little, like dress rehearsal. And it's really interesting watching them set up because they literally probably spent like one guy spent 20 minutes adjusting every single fold on the flags that were going to be behind the vice president. So it was really? like, insane watching that. And then even like the decal was like a stick on like Velcro thing. <laughs> like They just came by and like slapped it on and like adjusted it. And they did like sound checks and it was crazy. And then he like emerged from this like door out of nowhere. And we were all lined up and prepared. He gave his speech and then the cameras went off and he he's like, all right, photo op time. And I was trying to walk across the stage because this other lady was like directing me. She's like, honey, come over here. And he kind of grabbed me. He actually like grabbed me by the waist, like pulled me over. And he was like, no, you're not going anywhere. And um, we took our photo op with like Joe Biden, like arm around my waist, which was like so cool. And yeah. uh, and then he turned around to face all of us. And he was like, all right, all right, people, let's get like huddled in here. And he just put both hands on my shoulders. And it was really awkward, but amazingly cool because <laughs> he was yeah. like staring into my eyes. Yet he was talking to these like 14 other kids behind me. But it was like almost like one on one. And he was telling us how amazing we were and like inspiring us. And like, I don't even, I can't even like remember what he said because it was so intense, like being so close to him. And then he's like, all right, I'm off to this situation room. There's something going on with Afghanistan. <laughs> it's and, like the Batmobile. Oh, no. Yeah. And it I turned mean, out. You- yeah, he wasn't supposed to say that. So, like, because that was the day he and President Obama fired, I think it was Stanley McChrystal. So he um, apparently wasn't supposed to tell us that he was doing anything with Afghanistan or Iraq. And I was actually secondhandly on hardball with Chris Matthews because they showed his picture or like the picture I was standing lucky enough to be positioned behind him while he gave his speech. So like my face is on hardball while like Chris Matthews was making fun of him for telling a bunch of teenagers that he was about to like (laughs) deal with very private (laughs) information. That's so great. You know, earlier in this show, you said when you were younger and you you got the chance to be the host of Pets Rock, you said um, you had a fear of talking to people on the phone and it was like a confidence bender. I think you've conquered confidence bender now. If you could look and and maintain without passing out an eye-to-eye contact with uh, the vice president of the United States. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I've definitely had lots of experience to practice my confidence and public speaking and all of that. I don't think five years ago I would have not seen myself in this situation at all. I'd be like, I would probably call you like a liar or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I've been called worse. So, <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of folks that sometimes 
either youngsters that are trying to figure out what they want to do for their career or older people that are going what we call encore careers and really getting into what they're passionate about. They may have worked at a job for 20, 30 years and it paid the bills, but it didn't motivate them. What kind of advice could you give our listeners, whether they're young or older, as far as how to pursue the things like you're doing, you know, true passion? Can you give us some advice? Yeah, I don't think there, I mean, from the past five years or four years, if I've learned anything is there is no limitation on what an individual can do. I think that once we start limiting our abilities, that's when we kind of minimize our power and start to close those doors of opportunity before we even get to them. And I think it's important whether you're looking at what you're passionate about and what you maybe want to pursue, or if you're starting something new, you just have to leave every chance open because you have to be willing to explore all of those, all those doors. Otherwise you might shut yourself out of an amazing opportunity and a chance to follow your passion. And I, the, one of the most important things in this life is to be passionate. I mean, it'd be such a boring existence without passion. And it's important that we do everything in our power to pursue it all right i just voted you president of the united states move over everybody just hurry up and get to be 35 years old soon so that we can legally vote you in as president is that okay all right i'll work on the time machine (laughs) all right you know what if anybody's going to work on a time machine and figure it out my money's on you Kristen. Uh, (laughs) i'm really glad you could be a guest on our show is there anything else you want to do a final shout out before we uh we say goodbye on the show but i'm just really honored to have you as a guest on my show Thank you. Yeah, I just encourage everyone to be kind to pets and be as eco-friendly as possible because all these issues affect all of us. So we need to take action in every single way we can every single day. That sounds good. You heard it here. This is Kristen Powers. She is the host of Pets Rock. She does many things for people, pets, and the planet. I want you all to tune into her show. It's great, and she's really making a difference. We need more people like Kristen Powers. I give you a big pause up, and I also want to thank my cool producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show happen each and every week. I'm happy to announce that our show, Oh Behave, for the third year in a row, the only pet show to be a finalist in the International Podcast Awards. I think Kristen Powers could give uh, us a run for our money. So I think the two of us should campaign to make sure we can get more pet podcasts as finalists in the podcast awards because uh, they sure beat some of the dorky other topics that they cover. Sounds like a plan, Arden. All right, we got a plan, girl. We got a plan. Yeah. All right, so go check out Kristen Powers' show, Pets Rock. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.